Phil Steele on Locked On Sunbelt. You are Locked On Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on. All right, Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. So thrilled to have on Phil Steele, his great college football preview magazine. He goes through every team. He knows all the players. Let's just get right to it. We start with the West and then go to the East. He is Phil Steele on Locked On Sunbelt. Dave Schultz, welcome you back to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Thrilled to have our next guest. He is Phil Steele. He is the writer, editor, publisher of Phil Steele's College Football Preview, uh, a uh, magazine that us college football fans cannot do without. Phil, thanks for hopping on Locked On Sunbelt. And how are you? We're only a couple weeks away from college football kickoff. Yeah, 10 days till the start of college football season. So that's pretty doggone exciting, David. And, uh, you know, I do nothing but college football all year round, 365 days of the year. It's always a lot more fun when the games are being played. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about this uh, Sun Belt. You know, let's start big picture because with all the conference realignment, it doesn't feel like the Sun Belt is in a big hurry uh, to add anybody. They want to stay in their footprint. Uh, They seem to be in good shape right now heading into the future. No doubt. And uh, I love the additions the Sun Belt made uh, recently. Uh, teams like uh, Marshall, Southern Miss, Old Dominion uh, coming in. Uh, I think have upgraded the league, the amount of upsets the Sun Belt pulls on a yearly basis, and uh, just the overall talent coming in. I think playing in the South is a, a big factor in the Sun Belt's uh, uh, rise. Uh, all right, so let's talk about it. John Summerall uh, comes in, uh, takes a storm, takes the league by storm, wins uh, the conference championship in his first year uh, as a head coach. Uh, they have some pieces uh, to replace, right? Carlton Marshall, the NCAA's all-time leading tackler, is gone. Uh, Jake Andrews is gone along the offensive line. Uh, they are bringing their quarterback back, who was up and down last year, but did lead them to a full full victory. Tell us about the defending champion, Troy Trojans. Yeah, I think Troy's got a great shot of repeating, and they get a big game, South Alabama, at home on a Thursday, and that's probably going to be the key. Uh, when you look at him, you talked about Gunnar Watson at QB. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, he ran 19 miles an hour this summer, so he's got unexpected mobility. Uh, at last year, it was uh, minus 173 yards. I think that's going to add something to the offense. Uh, you look at Vidal at running back and Asa Martin coming in from Memphis. I like that running back combo. Uh, the offensive line this year only has two starters back. A little bit of a question mark. but And you talked about some of the losses they had on defense. Only six starters back there. But uh, Troy was the best team in the Sun Belt last year. And it looks like they have a great shot at doing it again this year. I've got them favored in 10 games. Uh, the only game, uh, you know, I've got them in a dog at Kansas State. And a couple of toss-up games on the schedule. But uh, I think Troy is going to be a primetime contender. Well, you lead it right. You led it right into where I wanted to go in terms of South Alabama. Uh, you know, they have like eighteen to twenty-two guys back from the bowl game uh, for, in December, and you add two more guys that 
were injured but have played you know extensively for South Alabama that's almost 20 of 22 starters and yet something's not copacetic I'm missing something it could be the schedule their four toughest games are on the road they only have an over under of seven and a half but I think Carter Bradley and company this could be one of those special special seasons the Cajuns a couple of years ago went 13 and one uh, South Alabama has a bunch of talent and a bunch of experience coming back in 2023. Yeah, the schedule's not favorable, but it is favorable if you want to land that group of five spot. Uh, you know, the January one bowl game, they open up against Tulane. Uh, they play Oklahoma State on the road. They play James Madison on the road. They play Troy on the road. Those are all games they could clearly be an underdog in this year. But I think talent-wise, they're probably right at the top of the Sun Belt this year. I rate them the number 44 team in my power poll, which is the overall talent of the squad. I think when you look at them, you start with Carter Bradley, a quarterback. You got LaDamian Webb, a, a guy that uh, was originally at Florida State, uh, should be the could be the best running back in the Sun Belt this year. You've got Lacey and Voisin back at receiver, and they add in a Memphis transfer there. The offensive line's a veteran unit, and you touched on it. Basically, the entire defense is back this year. Uh, this is a very dangerous squad, one capable of winning any and all of their games. I'm bullish on going over seven and a half, by the way. I think they at least get one upset and get to nine wins this year, if not more. Uh, I actually picked them to win the Sun Belt West just because of the overall mm. talent level and a bunch of my computer rankings, despite the schedule, playing both James Madison and Troy on the road, had them uh, really at the top of the Sun Belt. So I'll dive into your numbers a little bit because my my phrase that I'm using with South Alabama, they need to be more consistently uh, explosive on on offense, they should, instead of scoring 30 to 32 points a game, they should be closer to 40 points a game with the, all the weapons that you mentioned. Yeah, and uh, I, I think that's definitely a, a prime possibility this year. I, I like the fact that uh, they're now in uh, Kane Womack's third year, Major Applewhite's third year as coordinator, and practically everybody back plus some additions. This should be an explosive offense and a dangerous defense. It is Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. We're talking with Phil Steele, editor, writer, publisher of Phil Steele's College Football Preview 2023. Uh, let's talk about where I am in Lafayette, the UL Raging Cajuns. They are set at quarterback, at least as of right now. Ben Woldridge coming back from knee surgery really quickly, so you got to take that in consideration. Uh, they think they're better at the offensive line, kind of loaded with uh, young talent in the uh, backfield, looking for more experience, looking for more guys. At wide receiver, uh, they had an up-and-down year with the turnover from Billy Napier to Mike Desermo. Uh, what are you looking at the Cajuns here in 2023, Phil? Yeah, and I really like the way the offense responded once Woolridge took over a quarterback. And when I was writing the magazine, that was probably one of my biggest question marks. Is Ben Woolridge going to be able to return? Now that he's been cleared 100%, uh, you got to like that position and uh, the, the opportunity for the offense. This is a team <coughs> Excuse me, that uh, last year, Underachieved. It was an unusual season. I mean, coming off double-digit win seasons for three straight years and then dropping down to six and seven last year was unexpected. And if you look at the team on paper, you know, they only come in uh, as far as six starters back on offense, three on defense. They're number 108 on my experience chart. But uh, Coach Decimo has got a, a, a talent there. I think he's done a good job recruiting. They have added in a few transfers, to, which should help. Uh, you know, last year they had four starters on the offensive line. They were all coming in off of surgeries. Uh, this year, they're a more veteran unit up front. That's going to be huge. Having Woolridge back is huge. 
Uh, I like the starters at receiver. The depth at receiver is probably the biggest question mark there. But defensively, I think we're going to see a better defense, more uh, typical of uh, uh, Louisiana defense. So uh, this is a team that I think will easily will should top their seven and a half win uh, spread that they have at the start of the season in Vegas as far as the win total this year and could be a surprise contender in the West. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll continue with Phil Steele with Phil Steele's College Football Preview. We pick it up back in the West with Southern Miss. Let me tell you a little bit about FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Dave Schultz, Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. Let's get back to it with Phil Steele uh, from Phil Steele's College Football Preview, previewing the Sunbelt in 2023. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the other team, I think, is in the top of the division is uh, what I like to call the Fighting Will Halls uh, in his second year. Southern Miss improved from 3-9 and nine to 7-6, and six, so already a four-game improvement. They have a lot of talent, but they're still having a quarterback issue. They're having a quarterback battle with a couple of transfers. Do you hear anything about what's going on and what a transfer from a community college and a transfer from Clemson? Yeah, and there's a lot of candidates. Uh, I haven't heard that somebody has separated themselves and earned the starting job yet. However, when I talked to Coach Hall, this is his third year, and he said – it's the best quarterback he's room that he's had since he's been here, which isn't tough. As you know, their best quarterback the last two years has been running back Frank Gore. That's right. So it's, uh, <laughs> but and getting Frank Gore back, I mean, uh, this guy could easily have gone to the NFL. I think that's a huge plus mm. for them if they can get capable quarterback play. I mean, Zach Wilkie, I think, has the potential at quarterback, but they just threw him in there a little too early. It was probably right. too much on a, a true freshman quarterback to take on. I thought he had a couple of good games, but showed the inconsistency. He might be best served by sitting back and redshirting a year. Uh, Edwards and Wiles are two primetime candidates, but the offensive line is solid. They've got the best offensive line since Hall's been there. Uh, they've got one of the better receiving units uh, in the Sun Belt this year. And defensively, they have played good football uh, and, and should continue to improve there. So uh, schedule's not easy. They have to play South Alabama on the road, App State on the road, Louisiana on the road, Mississippi State on the road, Florida State on the road. Arguably the toughest schedule of any of the Sun Belt teams this year. But I think Will Hall should get them back to a bowl game and, uh, and have them be a, a surprise contender if they can play well on the road this year. Yeah, I think Southern Miss's year is next year when a lot of the talent in the West uh, turns over. We're talking to Phil Steele, Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day, editor, writer, publisher of Phil Steele's College Football 23 Preview. Uh, all right, one a team that I don't have any idea about because it's a huge turnover, over 50 newcomers, including 37 transfers at least, Texas State with new head coach uh, G.J. Kinney. He came in wanting to light up the scoreboard. His team at Incarnate Ward led FCS football, scoring over 51 points a game. Any idea on what the Bobcats could do this year? Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head, David. This is a team that uh, you you wonder what they have. I mean, it is a transfer team. Uh, unlike Colorado, which brought in a lot of their transfers after the spring, Texas State did bring in the majority of the transfers in spring, and I think that's a, a big-time plus. I mean, you look at the quarterback room, Malik Hornsby, 
uh, coming in from Arkansas, and T.J. Finley from Auburn. These are both guys that are legitimate SEC quarterbacks coming in. The running back room deep with Calvin Hill uh, and Jeter. The, the offensive line, probably my biggest question mark on the team. Everybody gone, but what he did was bring in three starters from his incarnate word offense last year. So uh, I, I have a, a tough time picking where Texas State's going to finish this year. Uh, G.J. Kinney in his first year at incarnate word had an offense that was super explosive. If that happens again this year, they're very dangerous. I just think the amount of transition, the amount of new players coming in might make it difficult. But do keep in mind, last year Texas State was almost a bowl team. I mean, they had three late losses during the course of the year. Uh, and could easily have got there. Uh, this this is a confusing team for me, and one that I think will, will sort itself out early in the season. We'll find out what we got. Yeah, they could actually end up two and two to begin the season, right? They start the season at Baylor, at UTSA, but then they get Jackson State and Nevada. Nevada's really interesting because uh, they've lost ten in a row. Their last win was actually Texas State, thirty-eight fourteen. But then the next week, GJ Kinney put up. 51 points against them. And so the, the first loss that uh, Nevada had in their 10-game losing streak was actually Incarnate Word. So those two teams are very familiar with each other, at least from last year. The last two uh, teams in, in the West, they got to show some improvement. They got to be competitive. Butch Jones has had a couple of good recruiting classes. It hasn't transferred on the field just yet. They're obviously still very young. Uh, and ULM, changing quarterback as well. Chandler Rogers, uh, Rogers transferring Closer to home, Jaya right over there. What do you think of Arkansas State and ULM? Well, let's start with ULM and Terry Bowden. Uh, I think if you look at this team on paper, you would probably forecast a uh, one or two win season. I mean, they're number 122 on my experience chart. Uh, they're going to be a dog in uh, probably 10, maybe even 11 of their games this year. They lose their starting quarterback. Uh, they lose their top three rushers. They lose three or uh, five of the top seven receivers from last year. And they lose a good part of their defense. So it's it's a team that you would put down there. But the one factor I look at is Terry Bowden. And look at the amount of upsets he's pulled in his first two years. Uh, you know, getting four wins each of the first two years. You wouldn't have expected that. I don't think they're going to get to a bowl game this year. Uh, and I don't think they're going to be a, a major player. But I do think he will pull off a couple of more upsets. Perhaps even get back to that four-win total once again. Now, with Arkansas State, I'm a little more bullish. I look at the fact that last year they were 3-9. and nine. Uh, and they actually led in the fourth quarter eight of their 12 games. So mm. they were a much better team than the final record would indicate. And the one thing I love about them, and show, the showing the sign of a good coach, I think, is the special teams. They've ranked number four and number eight on my special teams chart. And I talked to Coach Jones about that, and he said they do put a very high priority on the special teams, it's an honor to play on that unit. And if they have that type of unit on special teams, I rate them number 10 in the country this year, then they've got the chance to win some of those close games. They get JT Shroud in uh, from Colorado at the at the QB spot. They've got Brian Sneed, who could really finally have that big impact. He's had an injury play career. Remember, this is a guy that originally signed at Ohio State, for crying out loud. You got Zach Wallace from uh, UT Martin coming in. And the thing I found about the uh, the FCS transfers, David, you'll find this interesting. I talked to 123 of the 133 head coaches this year, and it was about Coach 5 that I'm like, wow, that's another FCS kid that made immediate impact in his first year. And then it became a running theme throughout it. It seems like the FCS kids are talented. If they have the experience, they come out with a chip on their shoulder, they're happy to be there and seem like 75 to 80 percent of them produced so keep your eyes on zach wallace this year from uh ut martin it is year three 
Uh, Butch Jones, year threes, he's been 30 and nine that year. Uh, he does only have 12 seniors on the team, but I think Arkansas State could be poised for a surprise year. We're talking to Phil Steele, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. He's previewing the 2023 Sunbelt. He's the editor, writer, publisher of Phil Steele's College Football Preview 23. Let's head over to the Sunbelt East and some serious disrespect by the coaches. They picked the three-time player of the year, Grayson McCall and his Coastal Carolina Chanticleers third in the conference. Uh, JMU won, or in the division, I should say. Uh, JMU won it last year, but that was behind Todd Centeno. They got to break in a new quarterback. App State was picked ahead of Grayson McCall. We don't know who their quarterback is going to be. What do you think of Grayson McCall coming back and maybe him breaking in new head coach Tim Beck? Yeah, and to me, that's the biggest question mark was the coaching change. Uh, you had a couple of players leave, but remember last year, the show was basically Grayson McCall. I mean, they only had nine starters back last year, and a lot of their losses late in the year were without Grayson McCall. So right. having him back, I think, is huge. They've got Reese Royd at uh, the running back spot. Receivers are dangerous this year. Uh, and you look at uh, Pinckney, Mobley, Brown there. The offensive line only has two starters back, but um, Coach uh, uh, Beck told me he was really excited about the offensive line and that they picked up the new system very quickly. I am a little concerned about them running a new system on offense because we know how Grayson McCall operated in the old system. We'll see what it does in the new. You look up front on the defense, they got Q or Jaquan Griffin coming back there on the D-line. The linebacker unit's actually one of the strongest position, maybe the strongest position on the team. It's just a more veteran Coastal Carolina team. You look at their schedule this year, there'll probably be a dog at App State, at Army, uh, and at UCLA. But other than that, they definitely are a clear-cut contender uh, in the Sun Belt East. I'm not sure. Yeah, if I'm UCLA and I remember what happened with South Alabama, I certainly wouldn't be sleeping on Coastal Carolina. And that's a uh, 16 points seems to be a big spread there, Phil. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> hmm. uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about JMU. They were uh, the division champs last year. They can't go, you know, to a bowl game or the Sunbelt championship game uh, because of the ridiculous moving up to FBS from FCS rule. That's story for a different day. Uh, what do we think about JMU? Kurt Signetti does not lack confidence there for the Monarchs or for the Dukes. Yeah, and it's strange that the NCAA didn't allow that, especially after they basically won the East last year. Um, you know, when you look at Coast or at uh, James Madison, I think that uh, Signetti's doing a, a tremendous job. And he actually has a more experienced team this year with 13 returning starters coming back. Now, they do lose their quarterback, they lose their top rusher. They lose four of their top five receivers. They lose their punter from last year. So there are some key losses. But as you touched on, when I went over the team with Coach Signetti, he mentioned that they pretty much have led the conference in scoring with three different starting quarterbacks. So he thinks whoever wins a job, whether it be Jordan McLeod or Alonzo Barnett or Billy Atkins, whoever wins a job will do well. Uh, it's a very dangerous James Madison team. You wonder a little bit how, how deflating that news is, but remember last year when they played Coastal Carolina, they seemed to rally around the fact that, hey, this is our championship game. Let's go get it and prove a point and won that thing 47-7. to uh, They do have to play Troy, Marshall, and Coastal Carolina all on the road this year, which had me not picking them to win the East, but, heck, I didn't pick them to win the East last year, and basically they did. Yeah, they fin they were picked sixth uh, last year by the coaches. Uh, let's talk about Charles Huff and, and the Marshall Thundering Herd. Uh, they now have a little bit of an experienced quarterback. He started uh, the uh, half of the season. Cam Batcher went five and one as a starter. 
they have a good defense. Uh, Rasheen Ali is back after having an injury to begin last year. Uh, I think he led the uh, nation in touchdowns, rushing touchdowns a couple of years ago as a freshman. What do we like about the Marshall Thundering Herd? Yeah, and I think last year when you watch Marshall play, their defense just punished people. I mean, they were they were a nasty defense up front, only allowed 16 points per game. When I talked to Coach Huff, he said it's going to be a little bit different of a defense this year. Uh, they don't have those monsters up front like they had last season, but he feels it'd be a, while different, it's still going to be a really good defense. And what we've seen from uh, Coach Huff is that they they will play good D and Marshall always has a, a strong defense so be slightly different this year uh, not quite as physical as last season but very good I like what I saw to Cam Fancher last year uh, and you mentioned Ali you know Ali missed the majority of the year with injury but it's interesting even though LeBourne led the team with 1,513 yards once Ali came back at the end of the year he was the leading rusher in each of the last three games so I, I like that fact and I, I think he will be 100% healthy uh, this year, the offensive line's a veteran group. I like the addition of a Demarcus Harris, a, a wide receiver from Kentucky. So I think this is a very good Marshall team. I don't like the fact they play NC State, App State, and South Alabama all on the road. Uh, but uh, I, I think Marshall's a clear-cut contender in the, in the East. As long as that defense, uh, which only has four starters back, can be close to last year's standards. All right, let's take one more time out. When we come back, we'll wrap things up with Phil Steele. He'll continue in the Sun Belt East talking App State and how actually impressed he is with what the job that Clay Helton done has at Georgia Southern. And then he'll give you who's going to play in the Sunbelt Championship. But I need to thank you. Thank you, guys. We are at 500 subscribers. It is amazing. We did 130 in the month, uh, actually, <laughs> in like three weeks. So now the next goal is 1,000. How quickly can we get to 1,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel? Please like it, share it wherever you see it. Uh, tell your fellow uh, fans of the Sunbelt teams that you root for. We'll be talking Sunbelt football mostly from here on out. Uh, and then when basketball season starts, we'll do a little bit of that. And then, of course, baseball, maybe even a little bit of softball here on Locked on a Sunbelt. We know what you guys like. Uh, also, don't forget about the audio portion of the show. You can find the Locked On Sunbelt wherever you get your audio podcast from. Uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify seem to do seem to be the two more popular ones that we use. And if you use Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the podcast. That's a big help uh, as well. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are growing by leaps and bounds. June 1st, we are at 256 subscriptions. By September 1st, we'll be over 500 subscriptions. I don't know if we can get to 600 in a couple of weeks, but maybe we can. We grew that fast just the last three weeks, over 130 subscribers since the end of SEC, or I'm sorry, Sunbelt Media Days. All right, let's wrap things up with Phil Steele talking about the App State Mountaineers, and then he is really high and impressed with the job that Clay Helton has done in Statesboro with the Georgia Southern Eagles. All right, a few more questions for Phil Steele, uh, writer, publisher, editor of Phil Steele's College Football 23 Preview. Let's talk App State. They don't usually have an opening at quarterback. They've only had three starting quarterbacks over the last nine years. They usually have somebody there for three or four years. They got to break in a new one. They could end up with another redshirt freshman who's there for about three seasons. What do we like about App State? Uh, I like the fact that they're going to revert on offense to more of a running quarterback. Uh, you know, last year they threw for nearly 3,000 yards. I think App State plays its best football when they've got a mobile quarterback that can run. They've got that this year. No matter who wins a job, they've got the uh, redshirt freshman and Ryan Berger. they got uh, Joey Aguilar and then uh, Mason McHugh, the true freshman, all have talent. 
I think with the improved run game, I like the offensive line, the running backs, et cetera, especially led by Nate Knoll. It will have, should have a better year. Better run game, I think App State returns on offense to, to where they used to be. And defensively, there's plenty of talent throughout. In fact, um, Coach Clark was very high on uh, six or seven players being all-conference caliber on the defensive side, despite only having four starters back. The schedule sets up pretty well. Uh, they uh, only uh, play James Madison on the road uh, in league play as far as the toughest road game. The other ones are ULM, Old Dominion, Georgia State. So if they take care of business at home, I think they've got a great shot, and they are my pick, actually, to win the uh, Sunbelt East this year. Mm, all right. Uh, the other one, just like Texas State in uh, the West, I don't have any idea what to think about ODU. Uh, Incarnate Word led the nation in scoring was second in yards last year at FCS level. Number one was Fordham in uh, yards, second in scoring. Uh, Ricky Ronnie from ODU brings in the Fordham offensive coordinator, brings in the backup quarterback. They're looking to light up the scoreboard uh, as well. They got a, they were hit hard by the transfer portal, but they brought a bunch of guys in. What about the ODU Monarchs? Well, once this is another team, David, that uh, on paper going to struggle. I mean, four starters on offense, three on defense, number 130 on my experience chart. But I'll ask you a question. Go back to 2021. Did you expect Old Dominion to get to a bowl game? Uh, absolutely not. No. Yeah. And neither did I. I no. And so Ricky Ronnie shocked me that year. Will he shock me again this year? We'll have to see. You know, they brought in 41 new scholarship players, 58 new players overall. Uh, if Grant Wilson was the starting quarterback for Fordham coming in, I'd be higher on the team. The fact he's only been the backup quarterback the last uh, three years. He knows the system, but how will he play? Although uh, Coach Ronnie is uh, high on him. He thinks he'll do well. Uh, you've got Jordan Bly and Harvey at receiver. A, a very inexperienced team. I was surprised Jason Henderson. I mean, or I mean, Jason Henderson, I think, is one of the best linebackers in the country. But this is a very inexperienced team, tough schedule. They're probably going to be an underdog in 10 or 11 games this year. Uh, and I did pick them last in the East. But uh, once again, it wouldn't shock me if it turns out to be 2021 all over again. They start the season at Virginia Tech. Cajuns come in and then Wake goes to Norfolk. That is a tough schedule coming into the season with a six-game losing streak. All right, the Georgias. Georgia Southern, Clay Helton in year number two. Uh, and uh, and Sean Elliott over at Georgia State for the Panthers. Panthers are looking for some big things. They're looking for their quarterback to step up and take the next step. Yeah, and I was surprised Granger was back again this year. That's a, a big-time plus. And, you know, you talk about confident coaches, talk about Sean Elliott. He's a coach that uh, as it exudes confidence when you, when you talk to him about his team this year. Uh, you know, they haven't had great success last year at 4-8, and eight, but prior to that, they had three straight winning seasons, and uh, he feels they'll be right back on track this year. Uh, Talent-wise, uh, you're looking at a team that's uh, number 66 on my experience chart, right in the middle of the pack. Seven starters back on offense, five on defense. They got John Trey Hunter, probably their best player on the defensive linebacker. Uh, is If Granger stays healthy all year, they're a threat to beat anybody. I've got them an underdog in a bunch of games this year, David, but I've got them like a three-point underdog in those games. Mm -hmm. So that means they're very close, a lot of games. They won't be favored to win, but they can easily pull them out. And uh, I, you know, every, every time I have low expectations for Sean Elliott, he overachieves. As far as Georgia Southern this year, uh, I was shocked. I've been, this is the uh, 29th year of the magazine now. 
I have never seen a team go from the option to a pass offense and have success. It's usually a three, four-year process. Coach Helton told me prior to last year he felt he inherited a good set of receivers. In fact, he was shocked at the receivers he inherited. He goes, these are not option receivers. These are real receivers that we have here. He brought in a transfer quarterback and Kyle Vantrese, who had a fantastic season. Now they bring in Davis Bren from Tulsa at quarterback. And Davis Bren, after four games last year, was leading the nation in passing and then got injured. And Tulsa's offense sort of wasn't the same the rest of the year. If he stays healthy all year, he should have just as good a year, if not even better than Vantree's had. They've got Jalen White, their most dynamic weapon back at running back. The offensive line is more solid. I, I thought the offensive line did a remarkable job last year. In fact, uh, I'm on a, the award committees and I nominated their offensive line coach for the assistant coach of the year because who would have thought that this unit could only allow, at the time, they had only allowed three sacks all year, uh, despite going from option blockers to pass blockers. Uh, just a remarkable job. Right. So I think Georgia Southern will have a better year this year. Uh, could even get themselves in the mix in the East. And uh, I'm just flabbergasted at the, the job they did offensively last year, actually putting up 33 points per game despite the drastic shift of offense. All right, so I'll let you set it up. I think I heard what you're saying. So who do you think is going to be playing in the Sun Belt Championship game as we wrap it up here with Phil Steele on Locked On Sun Belt? Tough league to forecast, a lot of primetime contenders. Tough to leave out teams like Marshall, Coastal, James Madison, George Southern, Troy, Louisiana, Southern Miss. But I'm going with App State against South Alabama this year. Uh, I just think talent-wise, both teams are right at the top. Schedule-wise for App State, talent-wise for South Alabama. But uh, I tell you what, it's going to be a highly competitive league once again. I love watching Sunbelt football. He is Phil Steele, editor, writer, publisher of Phil Steele's College Football Preview 23. Always enjoy the magazine. Always appreciate your time, Phil, a little bit longer than expected. Thank you so much, and, uh, and we'll talk again soon, hopefully. All right, thank you again. Hey, sounds great, David. Great talking football with you, my friend.